This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. We'll find out how many ACC teams will be in the field. If my math is correct, uh, all the teams from the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, and uh, I believe the Big East, they're all going to be in. And the ACC is going to be in the first four. Just one team in the first four. That's I have no idea. Uh, it does seem like uh, the league is trending towards five, maybe six. Find out what Gary Parrish, CBS Sports, has to say. He does a radio show in Memphis. He does the top 25 and one. He is a great dude. Uh, and he's, uh, he's on TV a lot. I appreciate your time, man. How are you? I am doing well. Getting ready to head back home for like 48 hours and then back to <laughs> New York City. It's uh I live here in the in the big city more than I live in my actual home these days. But uh, life's good, man. You've been all right. I've been uh, I've been very good. So I am a uh, fan of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. You know this. I've said this every time you come on. This is the setting. This is the setting I get when I see you and Matt mm-hmm. Norlander, who apparently never leaves his attic. Uh, I, this is the setting I see when uh, I watch you on TV. So how uh, how how are you looking? At the ACC, are you in uh, in line with the Jerry Palms of the world uh, who see a downtrodden league where history does not matter? Yes. I mean, <laughs> like it, 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 that's the simplest way to answer sure. it. I mean, the league's not good. I mean, right. it, 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 it's not rating as well as most other power conferences. They have zero teams in the top 30 at Kim Palm right now. Right. The fact that Pitt... Um, is tied for first and like not a bubble team, but closer to the bubble sure. than any ACC first place team should ever be at this point in the season speaks to, you know, where the league is in this particular season. And it's honestly not hard to understand how it got to this place. Um, North Carolina has struggled wildly relative Mm -hmm. to, to preseason expectations and normal historical standards. Duke is down relative to normal historical standards. Louisville is embarrassingly bad relative <laughs> to normal historical standards. Notre Dame down, Florida State down, Syracuse looking nothing like the Syracuse program that I grew up with. When you and this is true with any league in the country, when your big brands that yeah. have been reliable for years if not decades, when they if not all but lots of them start to struggle at the same time, you know, that's how you end up with Miami and Pitt tied for first in the league and a league that just doesn't rate very well. Well, I happen to think Miami and Virginia are two very good teams. I and um, I, I don't know how they're not in the top 30. And I and well, this is my I'm not a math major. Gary Parrish is with us here uh, on the Adam Gold Show. I'm not a math major, but I think that there is has to be some negative drag on the league. When you have five historically bad teams in the rankings, not historically bad teams, although they are bad, uh, but the ACC has never had this many teams ranked in the bottom half of the entire sport. There are five teams that are ranked worse than 180, including Louisville, that's over 300. And that has to have a negative drag on the rest of the league, therefore, they're getting no good wins. It's hard for me to believe that basically every game in the Big 12 is a quad one opportunity. 
And if you're on a home court in the ACC, you've got like two quad ones at best, probably not, and maybe one quad two, and then everything else is a quad three. That just doesn't compute for me. It's a it's a problem for the league. And listen, all of these computers, none of them are are perfect, right? right? And especially the net and the quadrant system. Because my, my biggest complaint about the net, which, let me be clear, is better than any other computer system we've ever used um, to right. select teams and seed teams for the NCAA tournament. But my big problem with the net is that we talk so much, and I'm guilty of this myself, about quadrant one wins right. and quadrant two wins and quadrant three losses. And very few people take the time to, like, dive into quadrant one and say, okay, this team has six quadrant one wins, but what are they? Mm -hmm. Because right now, let's just say if you're NC State to throw a random team out there. You're NC State. If you play Houston at home and beat them, that is a quadrant one win. It's Houston's ranked number one in just about Mm -hmm. every computer. Right. That's a big win, undeniably. This is also true. If you're NC State and you play at Drake and you win – That is a quadrant one win. Now, you and I and everybody else understands that beating Houston is not the same as beating Drake or Central Florida or Kent State or Sam Houston State. But if you beat Houston at home and Sam Houston State on the road, those both fall in quadrant one. And so I think it's very important for not only the selection committee, but but fans to dive in there and 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 see, okay, six quadrant one wins, three quadrant one wins, whatever the number is, but what are they? Are they just road wins over mediocre teams? Right. Or are they actually good wins? Because sometimes some people, um, some teams rather, they stack quad one wins, and they're really, for the most part, just road wins over teams that – aren't even going to make the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, I mean, I can make it even more realistic. If I'm not mistaken, uh, if NC State were to host Utah State and beat them, that's a quad one win. But if they were to host, at this point, well, just say North Carolina, that's yeah. not. That's, and I have, exactly a hard, right. I have a hard time believing that the former is a better win than the latter, but that could just be historical bias. Gary Parrish is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. All right, getting away from all the numbers and all of that stuff, what do you think the ceiling is? And you you brought up State, so let's start with State. What do you think the ceiling is for NC State? Well, listen, you've got an NBA player in Terquavion Smith. Mm -hmm. You've got a team that has done enough to, I think, feel like it's safely in the NCAA tournament Mm -hmm. right now. And, And the truth is... This is, you know, I understand the question, and I guess if I were answering it just on a very surface level, I'd say, um, you know, obviously the floor is losing the first round of the NCAA tournament, and the ceiling, let's say, is a Sweet 16 appearance. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, we never know how this bracket is going to unfold. You could find yourself in the Sweet 16 playing, I'm just throwing numbers out, you'll get the point, an 11 seed to get to the Elite Eight, and then playing a 6 seed to get to the Final Four. Uh, On Selection Sunday, that bracket always comes out, (laughs) and immediately people like me uh, (laughs) sit down with the bracket, and we go, oh, man, look at Kansas's path. That's a really tough path. And then all it takes is an upset here, upset there, and now Kansas has the easiest path. So I, I, I try to not speak in absolutes about right. what's a ceiling um, because the, the path could create um, a, 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 a situation where, okay, I didn't think you were really much better than a Sweet 16 team, 
but you're favored to win your Sweet 16 game. And if mm-hmm. you win your Sweet 16 game, you're favored to win your Elite Eight game if you're playing a certain opponent. But uh, broadly speaking, I think NC State looks like a could, if things, you know, bounce the right way, uh, end up in the Sweet 16. But it's hard to envision anything past that unless, of course, the bracket just opens up. Right. I happen to love their backcourt. And I know we're having this conversation here uh, on Tobacco Road about who's the ACC Player of the Year. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people say Terquavian Smith. I think Jarkel Joyner's been their best player. Uh, and Joyner, the transfer from uh, from Ole Miss, has been dynamite. He's been more consistent, more efficient. Uh, and he's essentially handled the ball. He's become the point guard. Uh, he single-handedly kept them in against Duke. DJ Burns has been great and fun but I think Jarkel Joyner has been their best team. So Carolina started the season number one. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, by most accounts, uh, on the outside looking in to the NCAA tournament. I kind of think they're, they'll be fine, but regardless, maybe I'm just an optimist. Um, I mean, I, th- somewhere in there is a, I don't think it's a Final Four team by any stretch of the imagination. I think last year had a lot to do with Brady Manick and luck and just an absolute scorching hot streak. But I think there's a good team somewhere in there. What do you see from them? Adam Gold in studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I've always thought there's a good team somewhere in there, but, I mean, it's March 2nd, and we haven't really seen it yet. <laughs> I mean, and at some point we got to – and I, I, I hold myself to this as well. Um, you know, the, the go-to line all season, and certainly all offseason, was they returned four starters from a team that played for the national championship, beat Duke twice down the stretch – and they're replacing Brady Manick with Pete Nance, and that's a similar player, and, oh, boy, they could really win a national championship. Well, what we found out is that you know, Pete Nance is, is, is not Brady Manick right. um, in, in really any way whatsoever. Uh, we probably underestimated exactly what Brady Manick meant to that team. And then the other stuff just hasn't clicked, and I don't know if it's chemistry problems, locker room problems, if it's too many guys with too many agendas. Like, that would be difficult for me to say from here, but clearly something just hasn't been right all season long. I mean, you don't find yourself um, as recently as last weekend still looking to add your first quadrant one win (laughs) if things have gone well. So I would never rule out – Carolina, of course, making the NCAA tournament. And then once they're there winning games in the NCAA tournament, but I'm more out on them now than I probably um, have been most of the season, d- despite the fact that they're, they're, they, you know, they have won three in a row. And that's because, you know, like Virginia is good. I agree with you, mm-hmm. but flawed, very flawed. Sure. And, and then Notre Dame's bad. Florida state's bad. <laughs> I don't know what the three game winning streak means exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, Obviously, this weekend is massive, not just because it's a rivalry game, but because, you know, if you want to get on the right side of the bubble, you got to win some more games like this. And I think if if they don't win Saturday, they've got a you know, significant work to do in the ACC tournament. Um, but, yeah, I'm just sort of like this team on paper looked like a contender, 
but on the court, literally at no point this season has it ever appeared that yeah, way. Yeah, I think they can be a Sweet 16 team as well, and I think that's yeah. basically it for them. And I know we've got to let you go here in about 90 seconds or less. Uh, but this is this is a good opportunity for North Carolina to get another quad two win uh, because if they beat Duke, Duke will probably fall out of the top 30 in the net. Uh, and that's well how, how we'll be uh, dis- discussing this as a quad two win. Um, do you think they'll ever change the system? In, in in how we at least talk about this? I I do think they will change it because, like, listen, I understand you're sort of start You're not starting from scratch, but you're starting with something new. And then I, I think you can reasonably look at it just like you would any other sort of algorithm and adjust to make it more sensible um, in, in the ways that you think it needs to be adjusted. Ken Pomeroy, who probably has the most famous college basketball right. algorithm, he adjusted, he, like, the, the algorithm he uses today is not the algorithm he used it in, in 2002. He has adjusted time and time again uh, where he sees things that appear to him to be flaws. And like I said earlier, there's clearly flaws with, if not the net, certainly the quadrant system. Uh, again, you know, winning at Sam Houston State should not be the same thing as beating Kansas like, but that's what it is. If Kansas comes to uh, Cameron Indoor and you beat them, that's a quadrant one, obviously. Um, but if if Duke then goes to Sam Houston State and wins, that's also a quadrant one win. You you've got to. I don't know if it's tighten up the quadrants, create more quadrants, but those two things that I just described should not be the same thing. Or at, and I know they're not the same thing, but they shouldn't fall in the same category. I just and, they, and right now they do. I'm waiting for a conversation about a quadrant eight win. Because uh, yes. <laughs> that's what we're probably headed for. Uh, Gary Parrish, Ion College Basketball Podcast. Go check it out. He and Matt are great. Uh, shouts to you, uh, Leaky Black, Camel Fighting, and our friend Nada, uh, who we talk to a lot. Man, thank you very much. I appreciate it, buddy. Good to see you. You got Bye-bye. it. Gary Parrish here on The Adam Gold Show. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.